All right, Shabbos, say good morning, good morning. Let us begin, begin by thanking all of our sponsors for this morning's daf. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Menachem Av. Benjamin and Elise Wall from Eretz Yisrael, the Tanya Eretz Yisrael, in honor of dedicating, sorry, dedicating all the Shemr Joshua's this month, in honor of Meshi Abramson and Jeremy Lassen, who enable all of those outside of our physical base medrash to be able to partake of our Torah, to thank Jack Bennett for dedicating all the Shemr Joshua's this month, in memory of Sergeant Nikolai Rappaport of the Givati Brigade, who died in the Hezbollah ambush in southern Lebanon, on February 7th, 1998, to thank our Week of Learning sponsors, Larry and Laura Franks, in the Schuss of Rafushlimer for Chaya Mira Bas Sara and Sara Bas Elisheva, and to thank our Dafyomi Week sponsors, Yankee and Lisa Statman, in the Schuss of Rafushlimer for Chaya Rivka Bas Nechama. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, all of our cholim, Emir Hashem, should have a t- complete refuah together with Kol Chol Yisrael and all of the Neshama Shav and Aliyah, the families in Nechama. But we'll say with that, let us begin. We have a really exciting and incredible da ahead of us today. A lot to do today, Baruch Hashem. A lot to do. Today's da is Ayin Ches 78. We are picking up Emir Hashem on the bottom of Ayin Zayin on base 77b. And we are picking up actually with the story, Hahu Gavra which is 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12 lines up from the bottom. So let's remember again, yesterday we were introduced to the concept of Kenyan Chatzar, the idea that ultimately, again, not only can a woman receive her get in her hand, but she actually has the ability to receive her get in her property as well. We are established ultimately that it has to be a Chatzar Mishtameres, it has to be a type of Chatzar ultimately that is guarded. Guarded means that you can put something in there. Yeah? Put something in there safely and... Sorry, if I see Moshi coming up, I'm like, I feel like I'm like a chastised student. Like, what, what, what did I do? Okay. Yeah, okay. So we learned that it has to be a chatzim mishtameres ladaito. We also learned that... Well, okay, so let, let's, go, let's go back to it. We're going to learn a lot of new things today. Merit Hashem as well. So the Gemara says as follows. So how gavra? There was a guy who threw a get to his wife. Havakayma b'chatzar. So right, he was her, her, she was standing in a chazer. He threw her a get. Okay, so far so good. It's an interesting case. The get itself fell on a piece of wood. Pisla is a piece of wood. Okay, Rashi points out over here. Pisla agabe I'm Rav Yosef. Okay, so what's now? What's going on? Rav Yosef says chazinon. Let's examine the situation. Rav Yosef, by the way, there's musr in everything. There's musr in everything. Rav say. What, what, is, what, is, what is the word chazinon? Chazinon means, chazinon means let's look. Let's say chazinon is one of the greatest Musa words in the entire Shas. Chazinon teaches us that before you pass judgment and before you decide what something is or who something is, stop, pause, and look. Let's say how often in life do we rush to judgment? How often in life do we size people up because you see them, they say something, and boom, I, I've got you pegged for who you are. Something happens in life, ah, terrible, terrible, or wonderful. Sometimes I will say the best thing in life is to be a chazin on yid. It could be a bumper sticker. I'm a chazin on yid. Everyone knows they know what you're talking about. But I, I, I just to be the kind of person who stops, examines, understands what it is that's happening, and then do that before you pass judgment on others, before you pass situational judgment as well. So Chazina, let's analyze. So let's take a look at this piece of wood. 
If the piece of wood is four amas by four amas, then that is a rishus of its own. I would say that would, that would effectively mean then that the get has landed in a different domain than the one the woman is situated in. The ilo, now if the piece of wood is not our ba'amas, then ultimately again it's all part of one rishus. So which thing where says, one second, hold up, hold up. But my askinon, I would say, by the way, this is even a bigger moser. Sometimes even after chazinon, you still don't have the right outlook on the situation. Right? If Yosef thinks I've got all squared away, the Gemara says, Rabbi Yosef, what are you talking about? If she's standing in her own chatzar, then at the, I don't care what does it matter if there's a piece of wood is it's not dalaramas. If it's her chatzar, then what? Then what? Everything inside that chatzar is hers as well. What does it matter where the get is landing? Rather, it must be she's standing in his chatzar. If she's standing in his chatzar, kilo havi amar abbas my havi. I understand. If it's his chatzar anyway, then what? Then what? None of this works. None of this works. Here we go. The ushla makom. Ah, interesting. What's the case? The case over here is it's his chatzar. It's his chatzar. What did he do? He lent her space. He lent her space, leased her space. And therefore, what's the Gemara tells us? And that would work, by the way, if you were to lease her space, and then you were to throw a get into that space, ultimately she'd be Nigoreshes. What's the issue over here? The way it works with lending is that if you're lending, if you're lending space, it's common for a person to lend space to another, but in that act, it's usually only one domain that's being lent. Two domains are not lent. So in this case, what's interesting that's happening over here is husband is lending the wife space, a makom, an area. In that area, there's a piece of wood. Essentially, what the Gemara is saying is like this. If the piece of wood itself represents a separate and distinct domain, that would not be covered under the lease to the wife. That would be a separate domain. So if the get lands there, she's not in the Gureshas. Interesting. For the Amran, furthermore, again, when did we say this? El Adolo so we're saying that the piece of wood is four amas. Piece of wood being four amas represents its own rishos. Represents its own rishos. So the Gemara says of Algavoa, Sara Afagav Lohavi Arba Amos. So by the way, it's not just Dalar Amos. Others will say there are different ways for an area to be considered a separate domain. One of it is that it spans an area of Dalar Amos. Other possibility is height. If it has a height of, of 10 Tfachim, even if it's not Dalar Amos, it's also its own rishos. Furthermore, for Furthermore, I will say, this is all assuming also that it doesn't have its own name. It doesn't have its own name. In other words, Shem Levai, look at Rashi, Tap Rashi and Ayin Ches, says, Kulu Pisla Mikri, Mikri, V'i Havu Lahai Shem Laatzmo, Havu Lechashu Lobato. We'll say, let's say everyone calls that, everyone calls that piece of wood, oh, that, that wood, that's Frank's log. Everyone knows that's Frank's log, right? It's been there for the last 200 years, Frank's log. When something has its own name, by definition, it has a chashibos, it has an importance, and it's not bottled to the area around this. Essentially, I will say, just as, this, as an aside, there are essentially three different ways in which in which this piece of wood, and it doesn't have to just be a piece of wood, it could be a rock, it could be anything else, could be considered a separate domain 
even though it's situated in someone's Rishos. Either A, either A, it has an area of Dalaramas, B, it has a height of 10 Tfachim, or C, it has neither of the previous two, but Halach Lamaisen has its own name. Having a name, a distinct name, gives it, gives it an identity. So therefore, again, if a husband, if Ruvain, is divorcing Rachel, and he's giving Rachel a piece of land, on a chatzar, in which to go ahead and get divorced to receive her get. And in the chatzar happens to be this piece of wood, right? And the piece of wood is either Dalramas, Tantfachim Hai, or has its own name, its own identity. If the get were to fall on that piece of wood, she would not be divorced. Because it's falling effectively in a separate roshos. Fascinating. Remember the Mishnah said, even if he is with her in bed, ultimately again throws her the get, it doesn't work. Gives her the get. That's only if they're in his bed. If they're in her bed, and he gives her the get, ultimately again, she's migurashas. Tanya Mechavrais that supports this. Rabbi Eliezer Omer b'mito shalom in megurashas b'mito shalom megurashas. Right. Ultimately, again, we learn that Allah Lamaisa, if they're in his bed, not divorced. Her bed, they are divorced. We'll say, what's the logic? What's the logic? Her bed is like her chotzer, right? Her bed is her rishos. Over mita shalom megurashas. One second. If she's in her bed and she gets the get, she receives the get. She's megurashas. What about the fact? The Gemara says, Kalev shalokiach b'rishos mocherhu. We'll say, this is actually interesting, this is going to come up twice today. We'll say, means like this. If let's say you walk into a store, let's say you walk into a store, right? And you have a, a utensil, you are the buyer, you have a utensil. You put that cleat down, put that cleat down. So there's an interesting discussion about whether or not the utensils of a purchaser have the ability to acquire something when they are situated in the domain of the seller, right? And you can see this could come up all of the time, right? I walk, I walk into Ruvain's store, I put, my, I put my bag down, I buy something, right? I buy something, or Ruvain wants to give me something, he puts it in my bag. But my bag is situated on his property, in his rishos. So does my bag, my clee, have the ability to acquire something when situated in his domain? This is called Kalev Shalokeach, the utensils of the purchaser, Birshus Mocher, situated in the domain of the seller. So the Gemara says, the Gemara, and the Bose says, as to whether or not it works, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Even if the woman's bed is her own, let's say it's her chatzar, it's her own Rishus. Let's say, where is it situated? Where is it situated? In the husband's home. The Pashtas in the husband's home. Say, is this not a case of Kelev Shalokeach Bershos Mocher? To which the Umar says, Shamas Mino obviously learned from here, Kelev Shalokeach Bershos Mocher, Karnalokeach. So I'm mostly at the Gemara's teaching me that the utensils of a purchaser have the ability to acquire even when situated in the domain of the seller. That's why if he gives her the get while they're in her bed, it'll work. It'll work. To which the says, no, no, no. Then we'll say, what's the case? The case is where it's a high bed. The bed is not flush on the ground. Right? The bed is ten tfachim off the ground. Oh, okay. So we'll say, we just learned before, what does ten tfachim represent? What does ten tfachim do? Ten tfachim is a domain of its own. A domain of its own, and therefore halacha that will work to go ahead and be a separate roshos. I v'ha'ika makom kare, right? So we'll say, but one second, a bed doesn't float in the air, right? In other words, a bed has legs. A bed has legs. What about the fact that the legs of the bed, 
are situated in the husband's domain, to which the Gemara says, Nobody cares about the space that the legs take up. In other words, the, the legs themselves, the legs themselves, will say, ultimately only take up a relatively small amount of space. They will say, I, what about the fact, the Sotosis discusses this, Rashos discusses this, what about the fact, actually we'll see this on Ahmed Bey, sorry, but I'll just tell it to you now, what about the fact that the bed itself still like sits on top of an area, to which the Gemara answers, since it's Gavoa Asara, the area underneath the bed is usable as well. So because it's usable, again, a husband doesn't care about the area that the legs take up. Okay, incredible. So the Gemara says, if he throws the get into her, literally into her lap, or into her basket. So says, remember again, Rashi pointed out in the Mishnah, Kalsa is a basket, a little basket in which a woman would keep needle thread. It's a purse. It's a purse. So the Gemara says, I am I, why does this work? Kalev Shalokeach Birshos Mocheru, was exactly what we said before. We say, so just, now this is talking more about Kalsa. So imagine, we'll say, here's the case. So Rachel has a purse. Her purse is sitting on the ground of her husband's house. What does husband do? What does Ruben do? He throws the get into her purse. So the Mishnah says it works. But one second, this is a case of Kalev Shalokeach, right? Utensils of the purchaser situated in the domain of the seller. And, he, and I will say, it's a, it's a machlokes, it's a machlokes as to whether or not the utensils of the quote-unquote purchaser have the ability to acquire when situated in the domain of the seller. From here, it appears that it works. No, 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 what's the case? The case of says where her basket was hanging from her. So it wasn't sitting on the ground. Reish says the truth is, the truth is, it's tied to her even if it's not hanging. I will say, now the Chiddush of that is, that's what? It could be the basket is on the ground, right? But since it's tied to her, since it's tied to her, therefore, Halacha Lamaisa, Halacha Lamaisa is considered, it's not, it's not a case of Kelev Shalokeach Bishus Mocher. Rav Adabar Ava Amar, Kegon Shaisa Kalsa Munachas La Ben Yirakosel. She will say, so Ravadabar Ava says, what's the case? Here's what says, where you can imagine, she's sitting on the ground. She's sitting on the floor. And her basket is between her legs. So if she's sitting right cross-legged, and her basket is right between her legs. So the Gemara says, Rav Meshar Shebar Edimi Amar Kigon Shahaya Baila Moher Kalsos. Rav Bar said, her husband was a basket salesman. So because he's a basket salesman, therefore what? He's not makbid about the area that her basket is situated on because he's got basket, baskets everywhere anyway. So Rabbi Yochanan says, I will say, in general, in general, her, the area that her lap takes up and the area that her basket takes up, these are areas that people convey to one another just on a daily basis. But say in general, when someone is in your domain, you give them space, right? You give them space. You give them the space in which they're sitting on, right? You give them the space to put down a bag. So there's not a hakpada, right? The husband is not makpid on that. And therefore, again, he's, he's okay with the space her bag takes up. He's okay with the space that her body takes up, that her lap takes up. And essentially, effectively, he conveys the usage of that space to her. And therefore, if he throws the get onto her lap, 
It's in her domain. He throws the get into her basket. It's in her domain. Taina Rais that supports this. Also, the Bryce says, supports this. Again, husband throws the get into her lap or throws the get into her basket or to anything like her basket. She is Migureshes. I says the Gemara called over. She could call Salasuyemai. What does that come to include when it says anything like her basket? To include literally the pouch from which she eats dates. A little date pouch. Little date pouch, so cute. Right? A little date pouch. Right? So ultimately, again, that also is not Macbeth. So what the is introducing us to is the following. So essentially, what, what, we're, what, what we begin to see over here is, okay, there's the concept of Yad, which is a husband is placing a get directly in his wife's hand. Fine. There's a concept of Chatzar, which is a husband is placing a get, or throwing a get that into his wife's domain. Then I will say there's a third category. Third category is she's in his domain. She's in his property. But there's an assumption that people convey use of property, of their own property, to others in what we'll call in the context of activities of daily living. So someone walks into your home, right? Essentially what you're giving them is the area upon which they're sitting. What the Gemara is calling over here, the area of their lap. You're also giving them an area to put down their bag, right? So, so in this case over here, the assumption is the husband is conveying to his wife usage over these areas. And therefore, halacha if he throws the get into her lap, that's her rishos. He throws the get into her basket, that's her rishos. And I will say, this is not a case of kelov shalokeach b'rishos mocher. This is not a case of the utensils of a purchaser in the domain of, of a buyer. Because in that case, I will say, I'm sorry, in the domain of a seller. Because in that case, there may not be a conveyance of usage. Here, there's an assumed conveyance of usage of these areas. Incredible. Good, I will say, that brings us to the Mishnah. Mishnah, Ayin Chesam with Aleph 78a, third wide line down. Amrullah, Kinsi Shtachov Zeh Osho. Osho, let's listen to this. Ruben's divorcing Rachel. But for whatever the reason, Ruben doesn't have the nerve to tell Rachel that he's divorcing her. So what does he do? He tells her, do me a favor, take this, I'll take this, take this, you know, loan document. I take this loan document. I will say, and then what happens? It's right, it turns out it's a get. Oh, Shemasasameachorov. Now, this is an interesting case which we'll have to define. Or I will say, if you could imagine, he has a document kind of like tucked into the back of his cloak, and she takes it out. Korah, she reads it, Vahari Hugita, and it turns out, surprise, it's her get, right? It's her get. Now, both say, now, in case number one, in case number one, he's, he, he's misrepresenting. He's actively misrepresenting. He's telling her, take this document, it's a loan document, right? So the, case number two is, it sounds like he just has it on his person, and she's taking it from him. She's taking it from him. Both of these cases, she opens it up. It's a get. Ultimately, again, it's not a get until he says to her, this is your get. Okay? Let's say, you know, so what happens? He puts it in her hand and, and, she, right, and she's asleep. Or, you know, some people bring their wife breakfast in bed. Right? Other people, other people, right, bring a get. Right? Let's say, so now what happens? So he brings her a get, she's sleeping. He puts the get in her hand when she's sleeping. She wakes up, Niura Kora, she reads it, Vahari Hu Gita, and it turns out it's her get. 
Ain't no get at Shumar Lahagitech. Ultimately, again, I will say it's not her get until he says to her, This is your get. And I will say, this last case is interesting over here because in this case, there is a direct Nesina, there is a direct giving. It appears, I will say, that what the Mishnah is introducing me to is the concept that it's not even enough just a direct giving, there has to be like a declarative statement that this is your get. All right, let's analyze. So, Ki Amr Lo Hagitech, my Havi, right, my Havi, Havatli Gitech Me Al Gabi Karka. They will say, the Gemara over here is specifically focusing on case number two. What was case number two in the Mishnah? Ruvain has the get tucked into, let's say, the back of his cloak. What happens? Rachel comes along, she takes it, she takes it, she reads it, it's her get. So the Mishnah said, it's not enough until he says, it's not valid until he says, Hagitech, this is your get. To which the Gemara says, whoa, one second, one second. Even if he says, this is your get, it still shouldn't be effective. Why? They'll say, he didn't give her the get. He didn't give her the get. What happened? What happened in this case? What happened in this case? She took it. They'll say, remember, again, one, right, get 101. A husband has to give a get to his wife. Here in this case, she's taking it of her own volition. Why should it work? If a husband puts the get down on the table, on the ground, and he says, take your get, that doesn't work. It has to be a direct act of giving from husband to wife. Oh, did I skip? I'm sorry. So I will say that what's the case? The case must be ultimately, again, that it was, Rashi says over Shalafto, Shayatachov bein Chaguro lemasnav, the Shalafto Bisham. It was stuck, I will say, like between his belt, or right between his belt and his pants, or between his pants and his body. It was stuck like into his uh, pants, and she took it from there. She took it from there. To which the Gemara says, Shalafto nami haba ina benasam biada. I say, I don't care exactly if it's stuck in his pants or it's stuck in his cloak. If she's taking it, and he's not giving it to her, then Lamai said that is a fundamental problem with the get. To which the Gemara said, Lo tzricha, vishalafte. This is interesting. What happens? It's was if you can imagine for a moment, imagine the get is stuck in his belt, right? Right by his right by his pants. And what does he do? He moves his hips towards her. Right? He moves his hips towards her. Right? And like that, I'll say, so Lamaisa, he's bringing the get closer to her. So the fact that he's bringing the get closer to her, to give her understands, that's called the Nasina. I'll say, what's the definition of giving a get? Giving a get essentially means, the Gemara understands, is any act of, di- of directed, directed motion, moving the get closer to the woman, to the wife, that's called Nasina. So again, if it's just stuck in his belt and she takes it, that's not good. But if it's stuck in his belt and he moves his hips closer to her, then Lamaisa again, that's called Messina. Even though, even though both of what's happening, she's taking the get out, right? But since he's moving the get towards her, that's called Messina. Incredible. The Gemara says, Oh, Shishav uh, good. Tainam, that supports this. Kinsi Shtar if he says to her, take this document, this loan document, or the get was behind him, and she took it, so she reads it, and it turns out it's a get, get, so I say, listen to this. Rabbi Shimon says, no. It's, in all of these cases, it's not going to be a get until when? Until when? Until he takes it back from her and re-gives it to her. 
Right? Rav Shimon Elazar holds all of these acts of giving are not directed acts of giving. You have to take it back and give it back to him. What happens if he put the get in her hand and she was sleeping? She wakes up, and she reads it, and it turns out it's her get. Ultimately, it will not be her get until he says to her, that's Rabbi. So it's interesting. So Rabbi Shimon Lazar, so this is a brisa that, that mirrors the Mishnah a little bit, but, but not fully. You have keep on having this position. It seems to be our Mishnah reflects the view of Rebbe. That really in all of these cases where the woman, where, where old, well now we define, so also we can go through this, right? Case number one, case number one is where she took it thinking it was a loan document, it turns out it was a get. Case number two is he moved his hips towards her, right? And she took it. Case number three is she was sleeping, he put it in her hand when she was sleeping, she wakes up and she sees it's a get. Our Mishnah seemed to indicate that really all you need in all three of these cases is a declarative statement of Hagitech. This is your get. The Brayse introduces us to the case of Shimon Alazar, who says that no, in all of these cases, you got to take the get back again and give it back to her and give it back to her. To which the Nuras Rabbos say, now the Brayse, the Brayse itself quotes two different cases, two different cases, right? The Kinsi Shtarchovzeh or Shalafto Meachorov or the sleeping case, and both cases have this machlokes Rabbi and Shimon Alazar. To which the Nuras say, why didn't he both cases? Tzricha. Had it just mentioned the first case in the Braissa, perhaps in that case, Rebbe says, in the case where he moves his hips towards her, she takes the get, right? Rebbe says, all you need to do is say, why? Because she's in a state of being divorced. In other words, she's capable of being divorced. But in the case where he puts the get in her hand and she's sleeping, the lav bas igrushehu. Rabbi says she is not in the mental state of being divorced. Or as well, so we're going to talk about this more. The problem of putting a get in the hand of a sleeping woman is when a person is sleeping. I will say they don't have das. They don't have das. That's the assumption. So Allah again, since in the case where he puts the get in her hand and she's sleeping, she doesn't have das. Perhaps Rebbe would agree with Rabbi Shimon Alazar that Allah saw that Allah you has to take the get back and re-give it when she's awake. And if we would have just said the second case, Maybe only holds this in the second case where she's sleeping, that you have to take it back and give it again. Maybe in case number one, he agrees with Rabbi, and therefore, Tzricha. Therefore, we'll say, Ultimately, again, in both cases are needed. Amar Rava. So we'll say, Rava says as follows. Rava says as follows. Fine. Um... Good. So I'll say another interesting case over here. So watch this. Um, Fine. So I'll say, listen to this. So now, another case. So Ruben is divorcing Rachel. Rachel has an Evid Kinani. Right, she has her own avid kanani. So what happens? Now imagine if, let's say now, the husband wants to place the get in the hand of the avid kanani. Now we'll say, why would such a case work? Avid kanani effectively is like what? Like what? Karka. Karka. So in other words, an avid is like a chatzar. 
So placing a get in the hand of an Evet should be like placing the get in, the, in her Chatzar, to which the Gemara qualifies this and says as follows. If the Evet is sleeping and the woman, the wife, is right there, hareze a get, then the get works because that's called the Chatzar Mishtameres. That's called the guarded Chatzar. Neir ain't get. However, if the Evet is awake, it's not a get. Why? Because you will say it's interesting. Even though an Evet is like Karka, you can't call, I was going to say a woke Evet, but that doesn't sound right. Right, right? You can't call, right? You can't, you can't call an Evet who is awake, you can't call an Evet who is awake Mishtameres. Why not? Because when the Evet is awake, he could what? He could do whatever he wants. He could do whatever he wants. To which, also, to which the Gemara says, To which the Gemara says, So I understand, if the Evet is sleeping, and she's standing there, ultimately, again, that's called the Chatzar Mishtameres. Amai, Chatzar Ma'alechasi, the Chatzar Ma'alechas Lokana. We will say, this is a mobile Chatzar. And in general, the concept that a mobile Chatzar cannot acquire. I, the Chitema Yoshin Shiny. Maybe you'll say that, well, one second. Once he's sleeping, right? He's sleeping now. So now he could be a Chatzar Mishtameres, to which the Gemara answers, Vamarava Kol She'ilu Ma'alech Lokana, so Ayur Yosef said, Rava said, sorry, any chatzar that is technically mobile, even if now it's immobile, doesn't have the ability to acquire. To which the Gemara says, you're right, what's the case? The halacha also would be in the case of an Eved who is bound. So if you have a tied up, bound Eved, a tied up, bound Eved, in that case, in that case, the Evet ultimately could act as a chatzar. Why? Because since he's bound, you've removed mobility. Once you've removed mobility, then ultimately he has the ability to function as a chatzar. Okay, I will say, bottom line, the takeaway from this particular sugya is that, number one, I will say this case over here of Halacha Lamaisa, if he gives her the document, and ultimately she thinks she's taking a loan document. Ultimately, again, he gives her the document, she takes it, she reads it as a get. It's only going to be good once he says, Harez a get. Case number two, or introduced to Rabosei, is there is a Nasina, the definition of giving, of, of Nasina is actively directing the get in her direction, even if at the end of the day she takes it. So, meaning, if he, like, that's the case also where the get is in his belt. Get is in his belt, he moves his hips towards her, she takes it. As long as there is a directed movement from him to her, that is going to be called an asina. He puts a get in her hand when she's asleep. And ultimately, again, she wakes up, she finds the get. Ultimately, again, that requires an amira of haray ze get. In other words, because we also remember, essentially, he's given it to someone without das. So therefore, when she wakes up and realizes what it is, he has to say to her, Harei Incredible. Mishnah. This is now an interesting sogya. So, we'll say, so, so we're transitioning now a little bit. We've gone from a case, ultimately again, of from her chatzar to now imagine the following situation. Ruvin and Rachel are standing in Rishos Harabim. They're standing in the public domain. What does Ruvain do? He throws the get to Rachel. So I will say, so the Shail is now, what's the halacha? So I saw this, but she's a rabbin, bizarkula, and now he throws her a get. So also what's the halacha? Karavla migureshes, karavla in migureshes. If the get falls closer to her, she is divorced. If the get falls closer to him, she's not divorced. I mechza al mechza. We'll say, what happens if it's half and half? 
equidistant to the two of them. The Migureshes and Migureshes. Suffolk Migureshes. She's a Suffolk divorce. Now, both say, by the way, what happens in every case of Suffolk divorce? What happens in every case? Number one, number one, you have to give another get. Number two, if he were to die without children, then what? Then what? Chalisa and no Yibum. Okay, Kiddushin, I will say the same case applies to Kiddushin. In other words, if Ruve wants to marry Rachel, he throws her Kesef Kiddushin. If the Kesef Kiddushin right lands closer to her, she's Mekudeshas. Closer to him, she's not Mekudeshas. Mechza, Mechza, equidistant, Suffolk. V'chein le'inyin achov. Both say, same thing applies to repaying a debt. Listen to this. Ruvain lent Shimon money, right? Ruvain's the creditor, Shimon's the borrower. Watch this. Amr lo bal chovo, zrok li chovi. So Ruvain says to Shimon, Shimon, throw me the money you owe me. V'zarku lo, and Shimon threw it. Karov l'malva, zacha malva. If it lands closer to the lender, the lender acquired it. Karov l'lova, halova chayv. It lands closer to the lova, the lova's chayv. Now both say, Rashi points out over here, and what happens if you can imagine the following case? Ruvain, right, sorry, Shimon, the borrower, throws the money to Ruvain. And we'll see what happens. The money lands right after the money lands. What happens? A dog comes along and runs away with the money. So it says, now the Shaila is, Shaila is, who's, who's on the hook? To which the Gemara says, to which the Gemara says, if it's closer to the lender, the lender acquired the money and it's his loss. Closer to the borrower, the borrower is in possession of the money and it's his loss. Mechza, mechza. What happens if it's equidistant between the two? Yechloku, they split the loss. So it says the Gemara, both sides analyze. What is this case, Rabbi? Because it sounds like a very strange case, right? Ruven and Rachel, husband and wife, are standing in Rosh Sarabim. It's a public domain. It's a public domain. So well, what's, what's going on over here? To which the Gemara says, Amarav, Arba Amos Shalom, Zeu Karov Lo. Arba Amos Shalom, Oh, so we'll say, so comes along Rav and says, let's, let's clarify what we're talking about over here. We'll say, when a person is in Rosh Sarabim, remember, as much as it's public domain, a person does have their own space in Rosh Sarabim, right? What do we call that? That's your Dalaramas, right? Everybody has their Dalaramas. So, that, so we'll say, so, so maybe Rav says, maybe what we're talking about over here is Karov law. What does it mean to get us landing close to her? In her Dalaramas, close to him, in his Dalaramas. To which the Gemara says, to, so to which the Gemara says, hey, uh, I'm sorry. What's the case of Mechza Mechza? So I will say, what could be the case of Mechza Mechza? The case where they're both standing in the same Dalaramas. I will say him and I will cut him. Just see who got there first. Because remember again, Right? In other words, let's see who got there first, because whoever got there first is the one who owns that those Dalaramas. I maybe will say they got there at the same exact time. Well, he can't do that. Right? It, it is impossible to be that precise. Right? It's impossible for two people to, to arrive in the same place exactly at the same time. Oh, there's a better interpretation. Rav Kana says, what are you talking about? Where Ruben and Rachel are standing exactly eight amas away from each other. So I will say, so essentially what's happening over here is their Dalar Amas literally again border on one another. Amad days, Amad days. Beget Yotzeme Arba Amoshel Dalar Amoshel. So we'll say, what's the case? Okay, so Bepashtos, what it means is, Karov Law means a lands in her Dalar Amas. Karov Law means a lands in his Dalar Amas. <coughs> Ultimately, Yemose says the Gimara. 
says the Gemara. Rav Yisrael, but interestingly enough, interestingly enough, specifically, I will say in the case of, um, yeah. So I will say, so if you could imagine for just a moment, what's the case? The case could be Allah Chalamaisa, where the get straddles part of his Dalaramis and part of her Dalaramis. To which the Gemara says, that's not going to work. Why is it not going to work? Because Allah Chalamaisa, if the get is straddling any part of his Dalaramis, then what? It's in his Rishos. And if it's still in his Rishos, then that is a deficient Nesina. That is a deficient act of conveyance. Ella, so the Gemara says, Ella, Rabbah, Rav Yosef, Demar, Tavayu, no, 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 what's the case? Hachavos, Amar, Ayn, Chesma, Be'i, 78B, three lines down. Hachah, Bishtei, Kiti, Eidim, Askinon. Let's say, what's the case? We're dealing with two groups of witnesses. Achas, Omeres, Karav, Lo, Ba'achas, Omeres, Karav, Lo. Ah, so let's say, interesting, this has nothing to do with geographically where they get lands, but rather, again, we have two sets of witnesses. Why, right? Everybody agrees Ruvain through a get to Rachel. What's the Machel? Okay, so where did it land? One set of witnesses say it landed closer to Ruvain. One set of witnesses say it landed closer to Rachel. So Gemara Rabbi Yochum, Amar Karov Lashaninu Afilu Mea Ama. The Karov Loshaninu Afilu Mea Ama. So this is very interesting. Rabbi Yochum comes along and says, they both say, now, the common denominator in the first couple of interpretations is that they're all talking about where the get is falling somewhere in her Dalar Amis or his Dalar Amis. And that makes a lot of sense because Lamaisa, because Lamaisa, your Dalar Amis are Kona for you even in Rashus Harabin. Right? Then Rabbi Rabbi Yosef are coming along and saying about testimony. Here Rabbi Yochanan says something very interesting. He says, when we speak about Karov Law, that is falling closer to Rabbi Yosef, it even means even within a hundred Amos of her. And I will say, now that's really interesting. Because now I will say, what that, what, if you could imagine for just a moment, so what that sounds like it's saying is like this. Imagine for a second, Reuven and Rachel are standing at a good distance from one another. Right? What does Reuven do? Right? Reuven is a former, you know, Heisman Trophy winner, right? So what does he do? He takes that get, right? He throws a perfect spiral, right? And, and, and it's landing. But, but imagine for a moment, right? They're standing, they're standing, you know, uh, 200 feet away from each other. Snarabas Rav Yosef is saying, by the way, even if that get lands 50 feet away from her, but it's closer to her than it is to him, she's Migurashas. She's divorced. Which is such a... It's hard for us to... Remember, where are they standing? Where are they standing? In Rosh Hashanah. So, okay, so let, let, let's, let's work this through. So the Gemara says, so again, So we'll say, what's the case of Mechzah, Mechzah? So so what's that comes along and Yochanan gives us a working definition now. Let's say what does this mean? Let's let's analyze this. Karov lo or karov, karov is a function of who has the ability to guard this document. Right? But say that's really what I mean. It's not as much a function of is it within her Dalaramas, not within her Dalaramas. It's a very simple definition. If Ruben throws Rachel a get, if it lands close enough to her that if a dog were to come running after it, she could grab it up first. Or if the wind were to start to blow it away, she could grab it up first, 
That's called Karav Law. Now, what say? Now, what is that? Is that, is that two Amas? Is it three Amas? It's going to depend on every person, every day. But the idea over here is Karav Law means it's close enough to her that she could guard it. Karav Law is close enough to him that he could guard it. And she cannot. She cannot. Mechza, Mechza is close enough to both of them that they can guard it. Or far enough from both of them that neither can guard it. Incredible. Shabbos say, that's a working definition. That's a working definition. So the rabbis said this over in front of Rabbi Yochanan in the name of Rabbi Yonasan. And he said, you know what, those Babylonians, they know what they're talking about. In other words, it was a praise to Rabbi Yochanan. Ultimately, again, that Allah said this is a good interpretation of this sugi. So I will say what this does is it removes us, it removes us from specific geographic areas. In other words, so obviously, again, Dalar Amas is only always going to work. But the Chiddush of Yerabosa is, even if the get falls outside of our Dalar Amas, but what? Yerabosa, remember, what do you have going for you in this case? What, what, what do we have going for us in this case? Is there an Asina in this case? Is there an Asina? Is there an act of giving? Yes. Why? Because Ruvain is throwing the get to Rachel. Obviously, it's directly the act of giving. And as long as that get is close enough to her that she has the ability to guard it, should, I, should the dog try to come or something else, then again, I will say, that tells us that's in her shos. That's in her shos. Incredible. Says, that supports this. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, any case where the get falls closer to her than it is to him, but if a dog were able to come and take it, ultimately, again, she's not divorced. I understand she has to be able to guard the get forever. So again, so we just mentioned before, what it comes down to is, is the get close enough to her that should something happen, right? Should the dog come to get it, she could snatch it up, that's called car of law. If she can't snatch it up, that's called car of law. Car of law. So we'll say, Shmuel came out to Rabbi Yehud and said, it's got to be close enough that what? She could bend down and go ahead and pick it up. Look at Rashi. So now, what you begin to see is, we're kind of further defining it more and more and more. Obviously, I will say, if it's falling in her Dalaramas, that's going to work, because your Dalaramas and Rishos Arabim, that is your domain. Came along Rabbi Yochan, Rabbi Yochan says, it's got to be close enough that she could guard it from something happening to it. Now, I will say, comes along, comes along um, Shmuel, and Shmuel says, it's got to be close enough, I will say, that what? That she could bend down and grab it. Right? So what you begin to see is everybody's limiting the space a little bit more. It's got to be close enough to her that she could bend down and take it. So what says is very important. This is incredibly important. And this is actually codified in the Rabbi Menshech Aruch. So say, at the end of the day, we're going to adopt this position of Shmuel. That Karov law means it's close enough 
that she could immediately bend down and take it. Now, we'll say, now that, that's going to be our definition of karov law, and therefore karov law, same thing, it's close enough to him that he can bend down and take it. Now, we'll say, now, I just want to point out, let's just play this out for just a second. Ruben and Rachel are standing in Shusaradim. Good. Ruben throws Rachel a get. They bless you. The get, the get lands close enough to her, and Mamish, close enough to her that she could bend down and get it. We'll say, what's ta'alacho? What's ta'alacho? Valid. Right? Migureshas. When is she Migureshas? When? Right, Rosa. Technically, right then and there, right. Remember again, for her to be divorced doesn't require her to actually pick up the get. No different than when Ruben goes to her chutzer, throws the get into her chutzer. When is she divorced? When is she divorced? As soon as the get hits her chutzer. Technically speaking, over here, as soon as that get is in close enough proximity to her that she could bend down and take it, she's divorced. Shmuel says, Shmuel says, while that is true, while that is true. Don't do anything until that get is actually in her hand. Now we'll say, now why? What is Shmuel concerned about? See, I say, this case is a little bit trickier than previous cases. Because cases of karov law or karov law, I will say, to the bystander, may not be totally observable. What Shmuel was concerned about was that if you allow her to essentially just be divorced right then and there, it could cause, it could cause such a misunderstandings. People don't know what is karov law, karov law. They might see this and they might think to themselves, oh, that get is not karov law. It's not karov law. And they might come to think that's what? That you could even get divorced even in a case of, of karov law. So for Shmuel said, in these cases of karov law, karov law, she is not to be treated as a divorced woman until, until the get actually reaches her hand. So an extra chumrah on top of this. Quite fascinating. Quite fascinating. And the Gemara says there was, it was an episode like this where the get landed. Everyone says to this. The get landed karov law. So technically it was good. Before Rachel got a chance to pick it up, what happened? Ruvain died without children and they mandated chalitz in that case. They mandated chalitza. Now, Rebbe says she was technically divorced. If she was divorced, there's no chalitza. But because the get did not reach her hands, so Rebbe says, so this is not the Raman Paskins. So, the definition of karov law is the get is close enough to her that she could just bend down and pick it up. But the halacha says, do not treat her as a divorced woman until when? Until ultimately, again, the get actually reaches her hands. Incredible. The chayim kiddushin. said the same concept applies to kiddushin. In other words, if Reuben wants to marry Rachel, he throws kesef kiddushin at her. Right? If, I don't know. I don't know that she should go through with the shidduch, right? But the nice, right? But again, if it's karov law, she's mikudashas. Karov law, not mikudashas. No, this concept of karov law and karov law only applies to gitin and nothing else. But the Mishnah didn't say it. The Mishnah said this whole thing of karov law, karov law works for kiddushin also. No, no, no. Kiddushin is different. You're right. Everyone agrees it works for kiddushin. Why? By definition, by definition, there is a direct correlation between gitin and kiddushin. What's the direct correlation between Gittin and Kiddushin? They're two sides of the same coin, right? Two sides of the same coin. So therefore, again, whatever, and, and the Pasuk itself juxtaposes, right? It says, the Yatsa mi base. so it talks about divorce, right? One man will divorce his wife, she can marry someone else. So the, the biblical juxtaposition 
of Gittin and Kiddushin tells us whatever applies to one will apply to the other. So that's understood. The Chayim in Yenachov. And we'll say the truth is the same. Say, say, so we'll say, fine. So this whole idea of Karov Lo, Karov Lo will only apply to Gittin and Kiddushin, nothing else, really. Eisei, the Chayim in Yenachov. But yeah, we'll say we learned the same applies also to a debt. What was the debt case? Zrok Lichovi, right? Ruven then sits Shimon money. And then Ruven says to Shimon, pay me back, throw me back my money. Vizarko lo, and Shimon threw it back. Karov Lamava, Zacha Halo, Zacha, Zacha If it lands closer to the lender, then, then again, the borrower is in luck, right? Because now his debt is repaid, even if something happens to the money. Karov Lalova, Halova Chayiv. If it lands closer to the lender, as we just said in the Mishnah, the lender is Chayiv. If it's equidistant, they both share responsibility. So I will say you see that Karov Lo, Karov Lo works by debts as well. Where ultimately, again, he said, all right, well, so you know what we're going to do? We'll stop over here for today. Again, we'll say, we'll, I'm sorry, we'll just end, we'll, just, we'll, we'll pick up again with the Chov case, but again, here's what we know. The kinds of Karov Law, Karov Law will work by Gittin. It was introduced by Gittin. Once it works by Gittin, it will apply to Kiddushin. Does it actually halachically apply to the case of repaying a debt? Emirates Hashem will say to be continued tomorrow. Shkoyach.